Filthy Rich on the Planet of Humans, Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. On this special episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show, Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Rundrick and Fisk, talk about the controversial documentary, Planet of the Humans, by director Jeff Gibbs with executive producer Michael Moore. This documentary takes a harsh look at how the environmental movement has lost the battle through well-meaning but disastrous choices. This documentary also has a very serious subcontext that we talk about in this episode. We also talk about the Netflix miniseries based on James Patterson's book, Filthy Rich, a powerful billionaire, the sex scandal that undid him, and all the justice money can buy, the shocking true story of Jeffrey Epstein. The Fedora Chronicles is brought to you by our patrons on patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to new episodes of the Fedora Chronicles radio show with show notes, a peek behind the scenes, and more. Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles is where you can purchase t-shirts, coffee mugs, and more with our logo and slogans right on them. 12.5% of every sale goes directly into keeping this podcast and our website on the air. This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show with pop culture and current events through the perspective of classic film snobs and diesel punks, with topics ranging from true crime, government conspiracies and cover-ups, and the paranormal. You can now listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Player FM, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Google Play on Android devices. If your favorite podcast service doesn't have the Floor Chronicles radio show on it, let us know and we'll fix it right away. Once again, this is Jay Cousineau and I, Eric Render King Fisk. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. I had posted this on the Facebook group. I'm actually like coughing up the link to it right now. Just do a search for us, the Fedora Chron- yeah, facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles, where I post whatever it is that we're going to be talking about on the podcast. I, I, I post here, I post on the Fedora Chronicles radio show group and on the Metaphysical Connection group. That's a lot of groups. And I saw this absolutely, totally amazing video on, on ancient files, on the ancient files group page. And there was this bizarre UFO formation in Pocatello, Idaho. Am I pronouncing that right? I'm probably mispronouncing po- it. Pocatello. Pocatello. Okay. Um, super fan Jeremy Johnson did his own research on this. And one of the things that he had found out, and I'm, I'm, I'm reading this, that he had post. This is leading me down a rabbit hole. Starlink internet satellites are being put into the sky in low orbit. They are already obscuring our view of the atmosphere, and they want to have 42,000 of these things in the sky soon. This is all part of SpaceX's thing of Elon Musk's, and it's like it's satellite internet access or satellite yeah satelliteinternet.com is where you can actually go and read more about this so that no matter where you are in the world you will always have broadband internet access which is which would be great for us if i wanted to do the podcast in the arctic where i'm pretty sure they don't have reliable internet or do they internet <laughs> access i'd like to be able to go anywhere in the world and have access 
to the internet so I can upload podcasts. But do we really, really, really need these satellites in low orbit blocking the view of, of the night sky? Can't we have just one thing that's not ruined by science and technology? I mean, like, does somebody actually need to burn a Burger King logo into the moon? So, like, we actually see the Burger King logo every night that we go out. Do we really need that? Do we really need to see commercials everywhere? Do we actually, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I was, I, I did not mean to talk about um, this great censored banned video, Planet of the Humans. Um, I really wanted to just, first, I have to thank Jeremy Johnson for the work that he's, he's done on this already. Um... I, th I think that commercialism and ha having immediate access to everything immediately has spoiled us, and I think it's in the process not to sound like a crazy liberal or a tree hugger. I, I think that our consumerism is slowly or quickly ruining the planet, depend on who you ask. I, I'm, I'm wondering if, if this is unnecessary. Do we really need this? Well, I don't know. There's There's the part of me that's really enjoys looking up in the night sky and being able to identify the stars that says we don't need this yeah there's a part of me that works in the technology that says it would be great if there was worldwide broadband that was readily available to people however that being said at this point i think the former is winning out on me i don't i don't want to see a band of artificial stars across the sky i really don't it's not it's not how I've ever envisioned the future. I mean, it's one thing if you've got like, you know, a satellite out there that people can travel to for recreational purposes. Okay, that's cool as fuck, right? But that's going to show up to the naked eye on the ground as just another star that you probably can identify as not being a real star. Things like this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that this is something we necessarily need or want. When I go out to Montana, or Wyoming or northern Idaho or anywhere to get away from the city and civilization. If I'm going camping, the last thing I want to see is these satellites in the sky obstructing my view of the stars. The last thing I want to see, the last thing I want when I go camping is to be plugged in. Right. I go out for hikes. I go out camping to plug, to unplug. Right to get the hell away from that technology that I deal with every single fucking day, you know? And I'm a big advocate for technology, but I'm also an advocate for, be for being able to unplug from it. We need to have those areas where we're not constantly reminded that the rest of the world is still going. We need that time and that opportunity to unplug, you know? And if broadband internet is available everywhere in the world because of these satellites that are obstructing, fucking up my view of the stars, I don't need it. I don't need it. So my personal opinion, I don't think we as a society need it. But, you know, other people may disagree. I mean, there are people who live out in remote areas that wish they could connect to the Internet and be able to stream video, right. audio, video. Because some people can't. So, you know, maybe for them this is great. But for me, I don't know, maybe it's first world problems. I, I just, I don't, I don't think this is a need in our lives. Because look at that. It's overcast and you can still see those fucking things bright as damn day. Yeah. If you're going to put them up there, do you have to put them up there with bright lights that show up in sunset? 
because that video was not taken right at sunset either. This is like an hour before the sun goes down and you can see those damn things out there. So personally, I just don't think, I don't think we need it. No, no. And I, I, I do think that it is just genuinely a, 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 a step too far. I, I just, and I'm at the point now where I'm done, you know, I got to stop saying, I got to edit that out. I, it's, it's, um, this leads You've me. Had enough. Yeah. Because like when you're driving down the highway and you're constantly seeing billboards and you're constantly seeing advertisements, I understand that local businesses need to remind people or inform people that, Hey, just off the highway, we have, um, um, Cousinos burger joint, mm-hmm. something like that. I know that that's how businesses get the word out that they have a business and that there are, there's a size restriction. And I under, I understand that. But at what point is it too much? Like you have, like on some highways, you have a billboard, like one billboard every quarter mile in long stretches of road. Is, is that necessary? And at, at a point, it just it's just visual noise. That at some point, um, you just don't see it anymore. You, you're, you just begin to ignore it. It's still a blight, but you just kind of ignore it. Um, and I also have a huge problem with somebody who seems to think that everything looks better if you cut down all the trees. Those people are, those people are just bad people. And I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Um, okay. Okay. So hold on here. Um, I'm going to need you to quantify that just a little bit more than cut down all the trees. Yeah. Cause all right, I'm from new England. You and I are new England boys for us. The trees are the view. You look out and you see the trees, you know that there's all the animals out there and there's, you know, you go deep enough into the forest and you're, it doesn't take long before you feel removed from the hustle and bustle of the city and everyday life. That's, we as New Englanders, that's what we love about the woods, all right? But I tell you, I live in a fucking desert now. I live in the high desert of Utah and there's some pretty breathtaking fucking views that are not being caught not being obstructed by trees so what do you mean when you say people who just want to cut down the trees is it just they want to trim the trees so they can have a view is that what you're saying exactly that's exactly what they're saying all right so that i i disagree with i mean i don't mind if you like if you're at the top of a hill and you're clearing trees on your own land that's fine that's your land you want to do that if there's trees that are not on your land that are obstructing your view well too fucking bad you know what i mean we need trees. Trees are homes to countless creatures. And we always hear about new species being found in the jungles of, of Brazil and South America. But on occasion, they still find new creatures in North America as well. Usually it's in the upper reaches of yeah. North America. But all of the growth east of the Mississippi, all of the trees have all been cut down and planted since Europe came to Americas. Yeah. Came to the Americas. Every single tree. There isn't a tree east of the Mississippi, from my understanding anyway, there isn't a tree east of the Mississippi that predates the colonial times. All of them have been cut down. And they all grew back. Right. So I'm okay with cutting down trees if it's on your land. There's no need to cut down all the trees. I also wanted to talk about the, um, the documentary that I saw, Planet of the Humans. And it's it's really controversial. Not as nearly as controversial as our next topic. Um, I it's it's become simply because it it's been pulled 
from YouTube. It's up again. It's been edited. The controversial part has been cut out. I think they cut out maybe a minute and a half. It's, you can find, if you just do a search, Planet of the Humans, you will, you are able to find it on um, YouTube again. And it talks about the contradictions and the hypocrisy of certain aspects of the environmental movement and industries that are capitalizing on environmentalism. One of the things that I had found out that if you have a solar or wind farm and you're trying to generate green energy to make sure that there are no lags or no lapses in the power distribution, somewhere you have to have a power plant that's idling at full power so that if it, if, the, if the wind stops or it, it, it's nighttime and you don't have enough power on the grid, you can just engage the power station. That defeats the purpose of having the solar farm or the wind farm. And, it, and the, the energy that you put into making solar farms and wind farms, it far exceeds the energy that you're going to generate by solar and wind according to this documentary and okay. and the filmmakers entire premise is that if we're going to try and save the planet we should be putting far more energy literally and figuratively in finding other ways to generate energy and be as fuel efficient as possible keep finding ways to make the engines that we're running today more energy efficient but the thing that scared the crap out of me about this video is that towards the second half and it, it progress and the message became more predominant progressively towards the end of the film population control we can't have as many people on the planet and then all of a sudden i'm kind of like thinking is that the real message of planet of the humans because the pro the problem and the last thing that's said in this video is that the problem the problem with the environment or what's causing the collapse in the environment and you know, what's ruining the environment isn't fossil fuels but it's the people that are using them the entire message is we got to get rid of some people people have to stop having so many goddamn kids that's the overall message to all of this in the end and most of the movie makes a lot of really good points um but there was a sort of like, I'm not saying that it had a sort of like a euthanasia message to it, but it, it was a strong proponent of depopulation. That sort of concerned me in this video. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Jay. No, I haven't. Um, but from just, just what you've said, there are ways to mitigate power usage. Um, like if, if it's a cloudy day, solar panels do still generate electricity on cloudy days, just not as much. At least modern solar panels do. If you're dealing with older technology, then no, they don't because they require. When you're dealing with solar panels, there's um, there's a angle of light incidence as the light wherever the sun is relative to that solar panel. And back in the day, the earliest solar panels only ever generated electricity when the sun was within 10 degrees of 90. So from 80 degrees to 100 degrees of where the solar panel is. That's the only time that solar panel was getting enough solar energy to convert to electricity. Other than that, <clears throat> other than that, it just sat there. Nowadays, it's a 60 degree angle that they can, I think, um, I think it's 60 degrees of the sun's movement through the sky that most solar panels are capturing. 
And a lot of solar panels nowadays, you can buy them where they use some of their solar energy to actually tilt the solar panel itself so it follows the sun right. as it's traveling across the sky, which even though you're accepting 60 degrees of the sun's movement relative to the solar panel, the solar panel itself is moving, so you're covering more like 100 degrees, 120 degrees of the sun's movement across the sky with that solar panel and generating electricity that way. Um, battery storage is one way of doing that. There's ways of stepping up voltage and amperage um, electrically within a circuit. Um, there's there's ways of mitigating the the usage of electricity or the demands of the electricity when anything, whether it's wind or solar, is not actively in use. I mean, like the giant windmills that we see that are half of them are locked up. At least we see them out here all the time because the Rocky Mountains are a great place for the winds to, you know, to generate wind power. There are wind farms out here. There are solar farms out here. I went up to visit my daughter and on the way back from my daughter there's a solar farm that we go past and two wind farms that we travel past and invariably the wind farms half of them are sh half of the windmills are shut down so they're not actively generating electricity right and when i say shut down meaning they actually lock them in place so the wind will not move them the reason why they do that is because there are environmentalists out there who say that windmills will kill birds which they do mm-hmm but then the second generation of birds realize, hey, mom and dad died when they went, nowhere, went near those <laughs> yeah, spots. I'm sorry, things. I shouldn't laugh. So I'm going nowhere near them. You're right. You know, so the wildlife does adjust. It's like, you know, the um, the Alaskan oil pipeline. Environmentalists were bitching and complaining about that and come to find out the animals have not only adjusted to its presence, but are actually benefiting from it. Some of them anyway. So truth is, is we don't know. We speculate, but we don't really know. Right. So it would be interesting for me to see this and see, are they missing some things in the technology that perhaps um, they're, they're misrepresenting? Now, it'd be do you know why they pulled it off of YouTube? What, what, what um, was there, was a, there, there was a copyright violation in this video where apparently they used a piece of video that was not open to um, uh, the fair use aspect of the copyright law. They used a uh, a video that um, or snippet of video that somebody else had said, no, no, that's my video. I didn't give permission for them to use that. Take it down. So they took it down and then they put up a a newer version of Planet of the Humans without the 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 clip. That was okay. that was you know, um, in that one instance, I completely totally agree that if right. if you if I use a piece of audio without somebody's permission, and that person wants me to take down that that audio, um, I should take it unless they're an elected official. If, they're, if they are a government official, or if they are a public person, a public persona, like Donald Trump, if I have a clip of a, the, a real clip, not me imitating him, if I have a real clip of, of Donald Trump saying something controversial and stupid, and Donald Trump says, no, no, I don't want you to use that. That's taken out of context. You need to take that down. Unless you have members of the NSA kicking down my door and, and, and putting a gun to my head and telling me to remove it, I'm not going to remove it. It's fair use. Now, right. if, now, if I have a piece of audio of somebody and they don't know that I'm recording them and I put it on the podcast saying, wow, listen to this idiot. 
and what this idiot had to say. That's a problem. Right. Right. But that's, I don't know, that they're kind of different things, right? So I, I, I get them pulling it down due to copyright. I fully support copyright. Um, there are rather large companies like Adobe, for example, who make money off of found art or clip art, as yeah. it's colloquially known, that are trying to redefine found art and how hard do you actually have to search for the original creator of that content. And it's funny because the last legislation I saw, new legislation gets put in every year about yeah. this. Last time I actually read through the legislation was three years ago. And in that, they said, literally, they in order to have proven you've made a, a justifiable effort to find the original creator of the content, you had to go through at least five pages of Google image search to try and find the original creator, which I find funny because what happens when Google's gone? Because Google will disappear at some point. You know, what happens when Google's gone? Are they going to rewrite the legislation? But whatever. Um, so I fully support copyright. And hey, yeah, if they were using copyrighted material and didn't know it. And then when it brought to their attention, they removed it. Good for them. Good for them. I do have to say I'm a little surprised that this is Michael Moore. And I am and I'm not. Well, um, he did not create it. No, he just promotes it and is a backer. He's listed it. as he's a producer. Executive producer. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a little surprised by that. Um, that is it, the premise of it, though. I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now. Uh, the second paragraph says the basic thesis of the film is that green energy cannot solve the problem of society's expanding resource depletion, which is by definition unsustainable given that the earth is finite. Right. The film argues that green energy sources, including biomass energy, wind power, and solar energy, are not truly renewable or sustainable. The film has been criticized as outdated and misleading. Right. Well, I can I biomass to me is not necessarily considered green energy as I no. understand. Because technically gas and oil are biomass. They come from ancient plant matter. So that's technically biomass. So I don't necessarily agree with them including that as part of a green energy it is very controversial in this documentary yeah. um whereas you see especially in my home state of vermont and i was shocked that they actually showed like a biomass plant in vermont where they show old railroad ties that have been treated with creosote that oily sticky substance that prevent them from from rotting um, being burned for electricity. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, wait a minute. We have one of those within a 10 mile radius of where I live. They actually truck in these old railroad ties and they burn them to generate electricity. Now, I, I know this sounds hypocritical because here I am, I'm doing a podcast. I have the monitor. I have the cell phone that I'm using for Skype. Um, uh, the audio recorder. Thank you very much, by the way the PV board and next to me, I have my son on his laptop. We have the ceiling fan going on. I like to use electricity and I admit that openly and freely. I like to use electricity. I don't like to use too much of it because it makes me feel guilty. Um, and I also set the timers for the washing machine and the dishwasher to go off um, at low peak hours because I'm a closet environmentalist. I got news for you. You're not so much in the closet about that. Oh. That's okay. That's all right. That's right. Go ahead. All right. Um, but I, I am concerned about the environment, and I freely admit it. I also compost. Um, I don't like 
which would I which would I rather have these railroad ties rotting and distributing the the raw resources the 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 oily product into the land around the railroad tracks or would I rather have them disposed of in an eco economical not ecological economical way here at this power plant so I can keep my podcast running would I rather have the environment soiled far 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 away or would I rather have them use that material to generate electricity so I can run my podcast that's a that's a tough call because I can't say we, we well we shouldn't put them in the ground in the first place okay that that cat is already out of the bag um it's done let's find a way to dispose of these things properly now they're using that and they're burning other things to generate electricity like for example when we recycle we have to separate everything out we have we have the bottles and cans we have all of our paper product and we have like scrap metal and stuff and just household garbage and the household garbage i also compost and the thing is is that you have to put everything in the certain bins from what i understand from what i've been told all the paper product that does not go for for recycling gets incinerated to generate electricity is it better that it's it, it's it's incinerated to generate electricity or do you want it to just like rot in a landfill somewhere and rot and and taint the environment which would you rather have and this documentary talks about that a little you got to get rid of this uh, this stuff somehow what's it going to be we have literally hundreds and millions of tons of used tires do you want them to just rot out in this parking lot somewhere or do you want them to be burned, quote, cleanly, unquote, to generate electricity? You decide. Right. Well, that's uh, that's that's the thing, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's how much of how much of like, for example, old growth that falls down in a forest somewhere. One of the things that happens is a lot of times people will go through and clean out a lot of that old growth. We need to leave some of that there because those are homes for bugs and like grubs and things like that that other animals eat that's all part of the circle of life and the way i think is the more we interrupt that circle of life the worse off we are as people because you don't know if you know getting rid of that tree is going going to reduce the um you know is going to reduce the insect population where it's affecting like say the frogs or the other insects and then that's going to impact the population of the smaller animals that can then get eaten by bigger animals that then get eaten by even bigger animals. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we have no idea. It, to me, it's like when you're when you're shooting a gun, right? If you're if you've ever shot a gun long distance, especially the more your barrel moves, the further impact it has, the far the more impact it has, the farther out downrange you go. So if you're shooting a pistol and you're shooting it at like you know, 21, 22 feet, it's not going to have that much of an effect. Right. But if you're shooting a rifle at a thousand yards, just even in you know, a 16th of an inch movement of your barrel is going to have a massive impact a thousand yards out. And that's what it's like with the environment. One little teeny tiny change can have massive consequences the further down the line we go. And I don't think right now the science is solid enough for us to be able to predict that. I think we can understand how it works, 
and not be able to predict an impact because that understanding we have is not deep enough. And I'm, it seems to me, on first blush anyway, that that's where this planet of the humans is being criticized is because they're extrapolating things based on their understanding. And some people are saying that um, the film has been criticized as outdated and misleading. Well, how outdated is it and why, how is it misleading? Is it misleading because you disagree with the conclusions they're yeah. drawing? Because if so, then it's not misleading. You just disagree with it. If it's outdated, what is the more up-to-date information that we have? Because it takes a while to cut a film and produce it and then make it ready for consumption. So if it's outdated by like six months or so, that's an unfair criticism because it was up to date at the time it was released. If it's outdated by like several years, then okay, you've got a leg to stand on. Are they selectively taking um, information for to show a point because they they have a point in mind and they're only going to review the information that proves that point and not anything that disproves it? Well, it's a Michael Moore film, so you know, go figure. Yeah, exactly. That's and you get what you pay for. It's free, you know. <laughs> It's, you know, right. you know that you're going, you're watching a film that Michael Moore executive produced. He didn't write it. He didn't direct it, but he has his name attached to it. You know, it's going to be controversial. I'm going to mm -hmm. and I'm going to say this. And I can't believe I'm saying it. It's a Michael Moore film. It's something that I think that everybody should watch. So you have some idea of what they're, what they're saying, how the argument is being played out. And it did make me rethink some of my views on environmentalism and quote green energy unquote well what i find interesting as well what you said is in the, in the end of the movie you said that they actually say the problem with environmental impact is not that it's electricity or whatever it's the it's the people using it yeah i mean that's have you ever, you dropped out have you ever seen the movie the kingsman I think I, I think I watched it once when I was like exhausted after work. Okay. So in the movie, The Kingsman, the main villain is an eco-terrorist. Yeah. The, the film was heavily criticized for having an eco-terrorist as the antagonist because some people in the media cannot stomach the idea that uh, an environmentalist could possibly be an eco-terrorist. And yet that's what the movie was. The whole premise of the movie is that this guy was going to kill off a majority of the population except for certain people who paid him a lot of money. And then those were the people who are going to repopulate the earth and do it right this time. Oh, yeah. What does that sound okay. like? Well, and that's kind of my point is yeah. this planet of the humans, you know, people that are bitching about were that were bitching about that villain. I remember seeing environmentalists talking about that, too. We need to start exercising. If we really want to solve the problem of the environment, we need to start exercising strict population control. Do we? Yeah. Or do we just need to use our resources better? Do we need to start you know, exploring outer space, which is something you and I have been strong proponents of and I just, for I, and decades? I, and, I, and I just um, uh, joined that group that you sent me the post to. Yeah. Um, and Oh, and by the way, we have also, just as another brief aside, we have a brand new group just for true crime one-on-one -on -one, um, oh, that awesome. I, I started this morning. I'll send you the invite. Um, so anyway, watch this movie. We'll come back at a later time and do another discussion on it. I think I might want to do a call-in show for, for it and, and go from there and put a pin in it and talk about that later. Now. 
Now getting into some real controversy. So Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, I get into my car and I got a text from a friend, a really good friend, uh, such a such a good friend. I, I thought about starting a podcast with him. Dude, have you seen the Netflix special on Epstein? Holy fucking shit. And I responded to you by saying, call me at 815 Eastern Standard Time because we live in different time zones. What is it about this Netflix special that made you lose your mind, Jay, and want to talk to me about it immediately? The fact of how thorough it was. One of the things that you and I had discussed multiple times in regards to Jeffrey Epstein is where the fuck did he get his money? Yep. They go through and they explain his history, his, his, they go through his career history, CV, his, his resume, if you will. But even later on in the series, they actually challenge how did he, that explains how he got a chunk of his money, but how did he get so much of it, right? So they kind of, I don't want to say they gloss over it. They bring it up, but they don't have anywhere to go with it. So they can't really harp on it too much. But the other thing I like about it is they interviewed as many of the victims as they possibly could. Yep. Every single one of the victims that I heard of was interviewed. Every single one that I've ever heard of was interviewed. Um, some of the accusers, they actually tried to interview, you know, well, they tried to interview all of the people that were accused, Yep. you know, like Alan Dershowitz appeared on it. And in this one scene is very memorable to me on it was <laughs> Alan Dershowitz says that that woman, um, I forget which one of the acute one of the victims it was has never directly accused me of molesting her. And then they cut to her and she says, Alan Dershowitz raped me. Yeah. Then they cut back <laughs> and he says, I challenge her to come, yeah. come out and say it in public on your show, <laughs> you know? And then the next scene is they cut to an all black screen with text saying that the two of them have sued each other for defamation of character, right? And it's like, okay, there's no conclusion to that because it's still being litigated. But there was things that I learned in that series, and I followed that story close. Yep. But there were things that I learned in that that I was previously unaware of. Um, like some of the things regarding what happened in Palm Beach. They did not have the amount of evidence they thought they were going to get because apparently he was tipped off ahead of time. And if he hadn't been tipped off, they would have gotten all of the evidence that they got in New York. At least they believe. Yeah. Right? Because they're computers were obviously had been disconnected and removed hard drives had been removed various other things had been removed so they know that he was tipped off ahead of time he left before anything serious could happen they hammer on the fact that when he was prosecuted in palm beach that he uh he got a sweetheart deal you know and then they actually showed you actually heard jeffrey epstein speaking in an inter interview where he felt he got railroaded. He's like, you know, solicitation is a hundred dollar fine. No one goes gets sent to prison for it. It's like, well, yeah, it's because they know you were you're guilty of several instances of rape. You fucking it. You know what I mean? So they were very thorough in this is what I would expect from a documentary is they were very thorough in going through and saying this is what he's accused of. This is why he's accused of this. Here's the story of the victims. They tried talking to many of 
you know, the, the people that were accused as possible. Um, most of them didn't want to talk to him. Like Jelaine Max Maxwell, they didn't want to talk to him. The one thing about that series that really sticks <laughs> that one's the one thing about that series that really sticks with me though is at the end, the victim one of the victims yeah. or several of the victims say Jeffrey Epstein is not where it ends. Oh, that's yeah. There is more to this. We and might that yeah. needs to be We might actually do a follow up to this to this episode of our of our podcast and our conversation with Jeffrey Epstein because um, there is a book that's that uh, that this series is based on and this series is also has more information that's not included in the book. Filthy Rich, a powerful billionaire, the sex scandal that undid him and all the justice that money can buy. The shocking true story of Jeffrey Epstein by James Patterson, who turned out to be Jeffrey Epstein's neighbor. And James Patterson has a lot of information that ought to keep you up at night and think, oh my God, I'm going to throw up in my own mouth. There's a lot of, there's just the, the brass balls of this guy. Oh yeah. And the seemingly endless resources that he had. And all I kept thinking of is that if I had that power and that influence and that money, imagine how much good I could actually do. Instead of luring underage women, or I'm sorry, girls. These are teenage, many of them, teenage prepubescent girls that accuse Jeffrey Epstein and his friends, including Bill Clinton, of raping them. I'm not, I, I, this is not hyperbole. Bill Clinton, Alan Dershowitz, Prince Andrew of England, and many other rich and powerful men are, acu are accused of raping girls, underage, prepubescent girls. You should be outraged. Bill Gates is one of the people who has been mentioned as being one of the perpetrators. People have accused Bill Gates of being one of the benefactors of Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile pyramid scheme. That ought to terrify everybody. Um, the thing that's really, sh I don't know what's shocking the most. The fact that he was actually able to convince girls to bring their other friends over for money so he can rape them too. Or ha finding somebody like Jasleen Maxwell who was able to also lure girls in and be his protector and Jeffrey Epstein's enforcer. What? Or See, the, that's that's or, yeah. You got to remember in in the documentary though they actually interview those girls who brought other girls with them. Yeah, and they explain their thinking at the time because they're young. They're not thinking about the consequences to those girls. They're thinking about the benefits to them. Yeah, because that's what you do when you're young. I mean, they they do talk about that. And like I said, the the documentary is how documentaries should be filmed. Right. As in from what I. In my opinion, anyway, because they go through all of that. They go through that, you know, the the one thing that, that really stuck with me that they, some of the victims, they talked about how they've been called prostitutes. That's why Jeffrey Epstein always threw money at them, is so that he had a legal basis for saying, they're prostitutes, I paid them for sex. It's not rape. You can't rape a prostitute if you pay them. 
right? Yeah. That's the thinking behind it. And that's the insidiousness. He knew what he was doing. He knew he was raping him. And he was premeditating a way for himself to not ever get accused of rape. You know, one of the things that I am disappointed in it, though, is they talk about all of the controversy surrounding his death, but they don't spend too much time on it. And I really wish they had been as thorough with that because the circumstances surrounding his death are part of the are part of the story that draws people in because how did it happen? How could it have happened under those circumstances in that place? There is so much that we found out about that place that they could have gone into and didn't. And I don't know if it's because how much of that information that we have is controversial in nature and they wanted to stick to stuff they could prove. I suspect that's what it is. But, you know, that's, that's kind of my only disappointment with the documentary. But it, it is fantastic. I recommend everyone watch it. And if you, first of all, if you can get through it, because it's not easy. And they do have a disclaimer in front of every episode. If you can get through it yeah. and not be outraged at what this man got away with for so fucking right. long, when Eve, especially after people knew about it, the police in Palm Beach, when they found out he was getting charged with solicitation for prostitution, they were outraged. Oh, absolutely. They were pissed. Yeah. They went to the FBI. Yeah. Because clearly this, the DA wasn't going to do anything. Oh, for the, the fact that straight the, to the FBI. The fact that the DA sent the 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 file the charges to the defense to have them edit it and make any changes that they wanted to before they filed the charges ought to let you know that Jeffrey Epstein was far too powerful well and he why what was the source of his power we found out when they invaded his New York mansion the place was wired for sound yeah oh no he was getting he had video he had audio on people like Bill Clinton uh, uh, Prince Andrew, I mean, very politically powerful people. This, and those are yeah. the ones we know about. At some point, we need to speculate the fact that what he was doing was gathering information, getting dirt on very powerful people and using it for somebody's advantage. We don't know who. And it might be irresponsible for us to even speculate that's what they were doing. But we know for a fact that he was getting dirt and information on powerful people so they can be manipulated at a future date. That's exactly what he was doing. The yeah, other I details, yeah. As, as far as that goes, my personal opinion is he was, he's such a narcissist, I honestly believe he was only doing that for his get out of jail free card. I honestly do. I don't think there's anything more nefarious to it than that. Well, I a, also yeah. think he was just part of a cog in a much bigger machine. I think that that's. And I don't even yeah. know if he's. I don't know if he's a, a big cog in that machine, a small cog in that machine, just another one. We don't. We don't know the scope of it, but we do know he was involved in sex trafficking, in human slavery. He was involved in that, right? They don't talk about it in those terms in the documentary, right? But what else do you call it when there's young girls? No, there's nothing else you can call it, Jay. Yeah. Young girls are flown to an island on a private airplane where they are kept and are ordered around and they have no choice in what they can do, not even over their own bodies. And you can actually see, the, you see the proof and the evidence of these very rich and powerful men, such as Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Alan Dershowitz, being yeah. the benefactors of that behavior. This is a case that 
people are going to be talking about for the next couple of decades. I think this is the JFK assassination of our time. And I don't think we're yeah. ever going to be able to get the full picture. Well, I think there's people placed highly enough that are working to ensure we never do. Just like with the JFK assassination. I think you hit it right on the head. Because they have a vested interest, whether they're protecting themselves or someone they know or someone who's paying them. There are powerful people who are ensuring that the investigation dies with Epstein because they don't want things to come out. Some of the things that we know are he had the names of people in Saudi Arabia. He had the names of uh, supposedly highly placed people in the, in political um <laughs> in the politics of uh of many european nations not just england i mean yeah this could go big sounds like your family needs you to go yeah it because the, the the dogs need to be taken care of and the neighbors across the street are getting loud building their house you can actually hear right. the dog pacing in the background another great show jay and i'm gonna let you go and i'll talk to you Alrighty. later all right have a good one bye pal Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Thor Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash fedorachronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renderking Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>